Roxo Media House. Welcome back to Fortitude, everyone. J.W. Wilson, Brenton Payne. You are amidst the Captex Bank studio. Thank you, Captex Bank. Mike Thomas, one president. Uh, we're blessed to have you guys in our loop. We're thankful for your support, and we couldn't do this without you. Brenton, today, sitting between us, we've got a cool guy. He's, I would call him a friend. Would you call us a friend? Absolutely. We've got to know you a little Both bit Both of us are just one of us. Eh, still 50, 50. feeling it out. <laughs> Matt Homan, president and, and GM of Dickey's Arena. Thank you for being here, Matt. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, thank you for being here. This guy lives in a very cool space. In uh, a van. We get, yes, we get to see his work quite Outside often. Outside the arena. Down mm -hmm. by the river. Yes. Down by the river, yes. So, Matt, uh, before we get into what why you're here, I mean, the, just the genesis of why you're here, but where are you from and how'd you, how'd you grow up? Well, I grew up in uh, from originally Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, grew up there... Uh, going to a, lots of events with my dad. Uh, my dad worked for Ticketmaster for a long time, so kind of grew up in the event industry a little bit, uh, which was which was pretty cool. You got to see all the stuff, but you know, really fell in love with everything behind the scenes, and that was something that was really important to me. Uh, after growing up there, I went to the University of South Carolina, so at Gamecock. Gamecocks, all yeah, right. we're going to be a good football team this year. I have a good <laughs> feeling about us. Um, you know, and, um, you know, that's a little bit of the, of the quick history. Right. What? Okay. So the, paint the picture. So Philadelphia 76ers games, like what was going on at the Philly arenas, like around that time, diehard Philadelphia Flyers and 76ers fans. Nice. Okay. Um, you know, grew up, uh, you know, I actually ball boyed for the Sixers, nice. uh, during the Dr. J Charles Barkley years. Wow. Um, what does that look you know like? Who those for, guys uh, are Britain? Uh, familiar. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, only by pictorial type of deal. D does that mean with the ball boys, like you're out there handing it to them and then you put them back on that rack with the wheels and yep, yep. Did, did that, did that. And then you'd also get to, you know, sweep the floor when sweat would drip or something oh, like that. Nice. What a joy. I remember one time I had, I had, I had pretty bad asthma as a kid growing up and you were still smoking inside the <laughs> arena at the spectrum. And I was having like a, a bad thing. And I was, and, and, uh, they had to call me out. The ref had to double whistle me out to come, you know, wipe up some sweat from Moses Malone. And I'm up there looking at him like, Oh my gosh, look how big that guy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Were, were you uh, in an asthma attack at that moment? I was, you know, just I was needing some inhalers. And stuff, <laughs> yeah. and like, yeah. Yeah. Yes, for sure. But Dr. Then, J probably played while he was smoking. He was oh, so right on, good. right on. Yeah. So, and then um, with your dad being a ticket master, like what era are we talking about for not only sporting events, but kind of concerts and stuff like that at that time? Oh, so, I mean, you know, growing up in the, you know, late 80s, early 90s, mm -hmm. obviously graduated from uh, high school in, you know, 95. Um, you know, I got to see a lot of great things. And my first job was actually working at the Spectrum uh, is, as a ticket seller. And I was there, um, I was there for actually when Robert, um, when Paige and Plant got in, into a fist fight backstage. No oh, kidding. Wow. Yeah. yeah that was Did kinda, you just hear about it? Like nobody was really back there? I was kind of back there and didn't see it and just saw all this security rush together and oh, separate man. everyone and yeah. it was kind of uh, you know what just happened but you know were you working like the will call window up there i was actually working guest services so when people came in complaining about their seats because it was too high or you know they broke their leg and can't fit in the seats and things like that i was the relocation person wow. okay best complaint yeah ever. yeah somebody shows up and and says what like i took the acid too early man like i cannot sit here like <laughs> i mean what, what you happened? saw that but back in that day it was more dealing with duplicate tickets and oh yeah because i had a little bit more of a vast ticket background i could kind of 
I was a little bit more experienced with that. I could say, hey, this person's got fake tickets <laughs> yeah. and they're out. Yep. Imagine doing that at a, at a dead concert I'm, back in 90s. I'm going to tie two together because yeah. I know a guy who did take the acid too early and did the, had the fake ticket and went, went in and they're like, you're not going in this show, man. And he just had to go out in the parking lot and hang out you know, for the rest of the time. Best so. concert as a kid through all this experience? Well, I mean, I'm a diehard Springsteen fan, so it was probably the first concert I ever saw live with Springsteen yeah. uh, in 83. So, um, you know, that's one of my favorites. That's, cool. that's definitely one of my favorites. Uh, Pearl Jam, um, Pearl Jam at the at the at the Wells Fargo Center was definitely a great mm -hmm. one as well. Wow. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of them. I've seen mm -hmm. so many good shows. Um, I remember going to my first Dead concert actually at the Spectrum, and um, you know. And the crowd just starts going nuts, and you know I'm in high school, and yeah. I'm like you know I'm a freshman in high school, and I look around, I go to the guy, I go what what just happened? They're like, oh, they haven't played Unbroken Chain in you know 22 years, <laughs> yeah. 400 some shows, and I'm oh, like, yeah. okay, yeah, this is for great. sure, this is good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, so, that's what's amazing. what's really fun about the Dead shows is how the family dynamic, like where you'll look over and there'll be a father and son and brother all passed out together, you know, during the <laughs> second set, you know, just completely comatose, and you know. It's just yeah. it's like the most dysfunctional I, thing going. I used to have a cousin that lived in Cincinnati, and the only time we would see him when the dead came to town. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, he'd get sweet. tickets from my dad, and he'd stay at our house and shower. Well, that's like my <laughs> uncle is a huge deadhead too. It's like every like it's like every bad seed in the family that starts the fights during Christmas is all together for a concert, yeah. right? Yeah. Like it's all yeah. those yeah. people. All I right. love the dead man. I'm just I'm being sure. great grilled cheese you, outside too. Yeah, you know? for sure. <laughs> for sure. All right, how did you? What brought you to Fort Worth? So I was uh, running the Wells Fargo Center, and um, this opportunity came that they were building this arena in uh, Fort Worth, Texas. And at the time in my career, you know, I was happy. You know, I was doing my dream job, which was running the Wells Fargo Center, which I thought was the pinnacle of my career. You know, run the NHL, NBA town, you know, building that I grew up going to, uh, you know, was something that was special to me. But I fell in love with this concept of this not-for-profit opportunity that was going to run the facility. And uh, not only that, just a you know, a not-for-profit that was going to open with little debt. And then, you know, all the dollars that this not-for-profit can make, the only thing we could do with those dollars is reinvest them back into the facility. I mean, that was like mind-boggling at the mm -hmm. time. It's like, wow, there's someone can do that? Um, because, you know, I was working, you know, Comcast was in overseeing the Wells Fargo Center at the time. And, you know, it was, it was just getting to a point where Comcast was like, okay, find 3% more, find 4% more. And the only way to do that in our industry is because we don't create the events. You know, we try to go solicit them and bring them in, but I can't create, I can't make the who go on tour. Right. Yeah. And so, well, we talk about that real quick, that dynamic, yeah. like um, if I'm a band, I come to you, m many people don't understand that relationship. Everyone thinks that you pay me to come to you, but do I pay to use your, like, how does that work? Yeah, no, no, that's a great question. So I am actually in the rental business the majority of the time. Okay. Now I get involved with promoters and do what we call co-pros and things like that, where we co-promote it together. But for the most of the events that we do, you know, we're in the rental business and we rent the building out to like a Live Nation or an AEG, who are the two largest concert promoters in the world or an Outback Concerts. And they bring in the artist. They'll have a tour with that artist, and they'll bring they'll route the tour that artist, and then they'll bring them into our facility and just rent to use the facility. Okay. But obviously, the key is you want those events to do well because you don't just want to bring in you know a, an act that's going to only sell two thousand seats and see that promoter lose their lose their butt right because right. that doesn't make money for for anyone. Yeah. And then that's going to be a detraction to the event. So you want to help market and solicit and and help bring those people in. 
The other thing is that the more they come in, the more they eat, the more they drink, the more they spend. That's where we tr tend to make our money. Generally. Well, and those things are built to the better they sound, right? Like you, you get only 2,000 people in a, you know, 150 or whatever, the 40,000 arena. It's bad. That, that sound is bouncing off the wall. It's just not good, you know? Yeah, it's terrible. So, yeah. I mean, you want that full house. And there, there's nothing like walking into a full arena. Right. No but doubt. even if at a not full arena, you know, the way that we built Dickie's Arena is that, you know, we have a curtaining system in our upper level. And even if it's a lower bowl show, you know, like you want that energy and that vibe and the band wants it too. Because yes. they don't want to be embarrassed yeah. out there. For sure. Now, in the build of that thing, it's kind of a... I mean, it is a very unique build, like the way that they've done the circular dome with zero truss rods going across. Maybe you can speak to that. And then the weight capacity, because the band's like that too, right? Yeah, absolutely. So two things is one is when we were, when the design, I came in on the front end of the construction phase, but a lot of the, the design was done, right? I came in and was able to make some operational changes, which we can talk about later. But, you know, the dome was there to really duplicate what, the rest of the campus looked like. So mm -hmm. we didn't want to build a glass building in the cultural district there. We want something that fit well into, you know, the rest of the district. And that's why you see that dome, which really looks like the Will Rogers dome and yeah. the cupola that really looks like that. And the, the towers that you have up there as mm -hmm. well. So really fits all together within the rest of the campus, which is really important. Weight is something that, is, you know, what, rigging weight is what you're asking about. That's the second part of the question. I mean, that's something that was really important to us. When I came in here, I think we were able to handle 150,000 pounds, and we bumped that up to over 250,000 pounds because you don't want to ever get into a place where you're saying, hey, you know, we can't we can't weigh this or we can't do this show because that weight or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like Radiohead brings all these TVs like this back in the day, and, and you can imagine that it's like, no, I want all my gear in a real tight space, like a really intimate space. Like I want that vibe that it's not this hard to sell out, but I want all this magic stuff happening too. Yeah, one of the cool things coming up, which we, was the first time for us, is we're actually upcoming, we're going to do PBR World Finals. Mm -hmm. We're going to load out PBR and do Paul McCartney, right? And then we're going to um, load Paul McCartney out and do PBR. Well, as, as a part of this, what we're going to do is we're going to keep some of PBR's uh, equipment up some lighting stuff and we can fly it all the way up to the ceiling so it'll be at 125 feet off the ground so it's not going to be noticeable but we're actually going to carry about 185,000 pounds in the building at one time which will be our first time doing that so we'll bring Paul McCartney's rig in which is about 145,000 pounds and then uh, 40,000 pounds of PBR will still be up there in the ceiling as well, but you won't ever see it. Is that weight or light? What's the significance? It's like the, the weight that's of the, the speakers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's speakers, lighting, that, trust, lighting, speakers, yeah, yeah. speakers, lighting, trust, not really speakers for PBR, but for McCartney, it will yeah. be. It's lighting, trust, and McCartney's lighting, trust are going to be very, you know, it's going to be a, Before a we McCartney get, show. Can we backtrack just a bit so we tell the, tell your story fully? Sure. When you get to Fort Worth, they're, built, they're starting to build uh, Dickies. You 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 met a man named Ed Bass. I guess Ed in the in the in the board is kind of who you answer to ultimately as as the GM. Uh, what is your first meeting like with this man, and how, how how's the relationship with him now? Well, I interviewed with Ed Bass. So uh, this is about seven years ago now. So before we even broke ground on the building, um, you know, about seven seven years ago, I came into Fort Worth for a meeting with a group of people. Ed Bass was one of them, uh, and we had a great meeting, and uh, we just talked, and we had a great conversation. Uh, about events and concerts and sporting events and your know, problems with NHL and NBA facilities and um, you know it was it was just it evolved it was just us having a you know a great conversation um, you know what Mr. Bass has done for Dickey's Arena to build this you know it's it's something that 
I've never seen before. It's uh, something that I offer the, you know, I have the most respect in the world for that man. He's done a great job building this facility and setting it up for long-term success. Um, you know, fast forward to where we are now. Yes, he's the chairman of, uh, of the board that I report to. I have a board, um, a board of directors that, that um, we have. And it's fascinating. It's great. Um, I love learning from him. I love listening to him. He's always got a great opinion and perspective on things. Mm -hmm. And he's taught me so much since I've been here. So, um, yeah, my respect for Mr. Bass is just, it's, it's through the roof. Um, you know, he's done so much for this building, for this community, for me personally, that, um, you know, it's, 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 it's an amazing thing. And, and his gift to Fort Worth of what he's done by, you know, doing all this and putting it together right. and handing it to the city on a silver platter mm -hmm. and saying to him was just, you don't see any other community in the country that's for like sure. that. So you, you survived COVID obviously, uh, which was obviously difficult in the industry you're in, but how, how are, th I know things are back to normal, relatively speaking, you're booking some incredible shows. Stat-wise, how, how how does Dickies measure up to compare where, to where you want it to be, where you thought it'd be, the rest and, of the world? And maybe weave in that nonprofit that we began on, yeah. and then and and like with all that accolades to Mr. Bass to you know bring that into. Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, it it was great when we started. You know, in 2019, November of 19, when we opened, I mean, things were going well. You know, we were still this young building. You know, people weren't sure if Fort Worth and Dallas were the same market. And when I say that, I really mean. American Airlines Center and us. They weren't sure if we were the same market or different markets. So it was, hey, these guys are doing well. They're selling tickets and blah, blah, blah. And it's going great. COVID hit in March, shut everything down. Um, you know, one of the best things I've done in ever in most proud things in my career is that I didn't furlough or lay anyone off. And um, that was that was pretty special to me. We were fortunate to receive PPP loans uh, because of our nonprofit status. Uh, so that was neat. And then as we kicked back in, you know, things kept going and going. And then we start putting shows on sale and, you know, shows are just selling really well. Mm -hmm. And right now, you know, I think there's, there's, we're definitely probably the hottest entertainment market in the United States, in my opinion. And that's because the people of Fort Worth are supporting this facility mm -hmm. and coming to shows. You know, we still haven't had that one show that plays Fort Worth and Dallas back to back, but mm. it's coming. It's going to happen That's this the fall. Idea, yeah, though, yep, right? it's going to happen. You know this who fall. it is? Can you say? Uh, or no? I can't say. But can it's we a, guess? Uh, you could guess. <laughs> is it Led Zeppelin getting back together no, finally? It's yeah. Not, no, no, they are not. Well, what's they're the, missing a guy while, anyway. while he's while he's pondering? <laughs> yeah. What's what's the economic impact of Dickie's Arena for Fort Worth? So the Bieber, it's got to be a Canadian. <laughs> no, Justin Bieber. No, he was just here. No. Uh, so uh, you know. The economic, that's a tough number to say, to say, you know, you have to get someone to come in and, and show what it does. But I could say that in each of our fiscal years, we're into our third fiscal year, we've made a profit. We're proud of that. We're proud that we've made a profit. Right. You know, we're putting those monies back, those dollars back in the facility. Even this year, we're going to put two and a half million dollars back into the facility. Nice. So on what kind of stuff? You know, we're like upgrading you know, some maintenance, some upgrades to some of our TV displays that we have in there. Some um, bigger bars for sure. <laughs> yeah, yes. bigger yeah. Bars, yeah. Only yeah. for rodeo yeah. time. Right. <laughs> That's some the more next question. Some more office space because we didn't have much office space when yeah. we did that. So we, that was a little thing that we yeah. needed. Uh, if you recall, on top of the garage, we on the Chevrolet garage, we have that preview center that we use. We're transforming that into a training center for all of our staff. 
you know, Could for we all get of our some fresher stuff. air circulating in some of the men's room. Just, I mean, just the rodeo kind Those of Those are the thing. nicest restrooms um, I've ever seen. Yeah, it's now, better than Will Rogers. That's to Will for sure. Rogers. Yeah, yes, yes, on. exactly. Yes. You don't get that crud as you walk out of Dickie's <laughs> oh, Arena. Those yeah. bathrooms yeah. are am- amazing over there. Yeah, I mean, the level of detail in that facility yes. is just, it's just incredible. I mean, everywhere you look, you can find something and be like, wow, someone put a lot of time, effort, and thought into that. Yes. And 99.9% of the time, it was Mr. Bass. Let's do this comparison because tonight over in uh, Dallas, their cold plays playing at the Cotton Bowl. And that place, I think there's some walkways there that it's like you're a circus act. I mean, those catwalks up above, it's crazy. Someone's going to get really hurt. I mean, it's just night and day. I went, to, so I went to the Cotton Bowl for the Winter Classic, and I swore I'd never go to the Cotton Bowl again for yeah. an event. Yeah. And then I went back for the Rolling Stones. Yeah. So. But it's scary. I mean, the, the, the infrastructure of that is yeah. just, it's truly, you look up and you're like, wow, that's a big crack between a pylon and a, you know. Yeah. You, you saw the wall. stones in the, in the in the cotton bowl in that in that lightning storm. Yeah, that had to be fantastic. Yeah, we were down on the floor. You know, I took my kids. My <laughs> kids were like, "We're going to see who?" I said, "You're going to see the Rolling Stones, yeah. and you will thank me later in yeah. life." You know, and, and no the, phones allowed. Just yeah. watch. Yeah. We are going to watch yes. the Rolling Stones. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, there's this thing called the Fort Worth Stock Show and Rodeo. You might have heard of it. Uh, tell us how what how that involved. I mean, obviously, this is your one of your babies. What what's going on with that in Dickies? Well, another person I have the utmost respect for is Brad Barnes, the president mm-hmm. and general manager of the Fort Worth Stock Show and Rodeo, and I call him a dear friend, to be honest with you. And um, really, you know, that evolved some time ago, really probably six years ago when I first got here, of he and I just kind of deciding how to put this all together. And, you know, what we concluded was that, you know, we were best to go out to market with everything together for us to be one and similar. And, you know, they're the anchor tenant of our facility. We're not out there looking to find another, you know, a minor league basketball team or a minor league hockey team. It doesn't make sense for us. They're our anchor tenant, which every building, in my opinion, needs an anchor tenant. Mm -hmm. And that's the Fort Worth Stock Show and Rodeo. And for me, on the entertainment side, selfishly, what a better time to have them than, you know, beginning of January into the first weeks of February. Like the slowest of tour time, right, for these bands and stuff. So for me, it's like a perfect world, right? It gives me the opportunity to book the rest of the year. But the stock show is a huge part of Dickie's Arena and a huge part of the reason we're successful right now. Um, and that goes back to, you know, their, pre, you know, our together, our premium seating packages that we put together for all of our suite holders, our club box, our club seat holders, rodeo box holders, loge box holders, mm-hmm. you know, in our sponsors. And Brad and I really put that whole concept together and put it out there. And it was something, it was something that I don't think many other markets could duplicate because you can't. You'll, in other markets, you'll get a true tenant who doesn't have the same goals as you, and you're just gonna you're gonna fight the whole time. Right. Well, I've, and I mean, kudos to you for coming in from out of town and seeing how other models had tried in a different and probably a totally different event. Right, the rodeo. I mean, which I don't think maybe Philadelphia's got a really big rodeo presence, but it seems like you're able to bring all that experience that you have into something like this, and then find a common ground to make it. In, really in, in my interview, they asked me, "Have you ever been to a rodeo?" And I said, I- "I've seen a PBR once." And yeah. They go, well, that's not a rodeo. Yeah. I go, yeah. I go, well, you know, it's an event, and I'm used to running events, so I have confidence that I can, nice. you know, sure. help. Sure. Obviously, it. the rodeo is wildly successful here. Are there any things at the rodeo that's not that needs improvement? I mean, this is kind of a loaded question, but is there anything, any challenges that you're trying to overcome in that regard? Well, I mean, I think from, you know, from the 2020 rodeo, obviously to the 2022 rodeo, we've made some vast improvements. I think our in-seat service, the food and beverage portion got a lot better. Um, I think that 
Um, overall, our service improved from where we were in 2020. You know, our North Club, which is our Avion Club, our dining area, that got a lot better. Staffing got a lot more used to it and was ready for that run. Yeah. Um, and I think we did an incredible job this year. The downside is the labor market right now, the part-time mm -hmm. labor market. When we opened this facility, you know, we had over, I had over, you know, 1,300 part-time staff. Wow. Right now, I'm hovering around 900 part-time staff. And for any given night at a full event, including the rodeo, we have probably over 600 part-time staff work in the facility. Holy cow. So you're always looking for part-time help, always. All the time, and, and whether it be in food and beverage, operations, mm -hmm. um, you know, security, ushers, ticket takers, you know, box office staff, cleaning, you know, it just goes on and on and on. Could we like work uh, like uh, the floor, like Absolutely. security? The, the I mean, you get McCarty to see the concert. show. Why wouldn't you? You'd be on the floor I, I, and you'd let all those people in like you like to be let in, right? I've recently put my son to work there and he's been doing, I need and he's been, he's been doing some ticket there. scanning and going like mm -hmm. that. And, yeah. you know, it was funny during uh, Eric Church, you know, on our, whatever we post on Instagram afterwards, you can see the back of his head. He's like, that's the back of my head. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, you know, you know, but it's good, you know, yeah. but yeah, we're trying to find anyone, right? Not anyone, but obviously right. trying to find staff right now is, is, is definitely our biggest challenge. Yeah. What's the partnership with the city of Fort Worth look like in regards to Dickies? Well, you know, the city of the city at the end of the day owns the facility. We have a 70 year lease to manage it, 70 year lease to manage it, but you know, they're, they're, they own it. They check in on us. They have two mem two people uh, from city council that are on our board. One city council member and the city manager, David Cook, are also on our board. Um, so it's it's together. We're always working together on things. There, you know, the the whole concept of us being that not for profit though is to take the red tape out of it. Yeah. I don't need to go through you know you know procurement when we want to go buy chairs. Right. You know, and I don't need that. so that's the reason for this nonprofit is to get that red tape out of it and run it like a for-profit business were. Because, you know, every couple of years, you know, every five, 10 years, we're gonna have to dump, uh, you know, lots of money into that facility. Uh, you know, on a five-year basis, you could be looking at dumping anywhere from 10 to $15 million, you know, to keep that facility up to its, you know, current standard. Did they look at Will Rogers and that not happening as the model of what they're gonna change? Is that where that came from? Or, I mean, and I'm not trying to be like rude about that. It's just, you know, Will Rogers got old, right? Yeah. And, and I think, so, yeah, I think that was part of the reason that Mr. Bass wanted that new facility is mm -hmm. because Will Rogers was so tired um, and it wasn't maintained, you know, to the level it probably should have. And, yeah. you know, once you get that thing 25 years down the road and it hasn't been maintained, it's tough to get back those 25 years yeah. and get it back up to a standard. So, sure. it, you know, Will Rogers is great for what it is, right? And it's a great equestrian event, equestrian home to lots of different events, you know, but they also wanted, there was time for something else. And, you know, there's time for that sports and entertainment and concerts. Fort Worth was big enough. Yep. And, yeah. you, know, you know, again, kudos to Mr. Bass for the vision to bring that all together. Yeah. So you bring in some incredible things like NCAA basketball, March Madness, gymna USA Gymnastics, concerts, obviously the rodeo. Uh, is For people who don't understand how that works, who is the person? Is it you? Do you have a team that's go out and finding these people and bringing them in and showing them why they should do this and bringing them in? Is there a talent scout of, of sorts? How does that work? It's kind of me, you know. Are it's you? just you know, I I take the um, I take the booking myself. I do it all. I find you know, I hold it close to my heart. You know, it's something that I enjoy, something that I'm still able to do in my, with my current role. Um, you know, so I'm out there going after these events. We actually announced, if you may recall, we announced winning the gym, uh, NCAA gymnastics and the NCAA men's basketball tournament the day we broke ground on the arena. 
Right. I mean, that was the day we announced it. You know, fortunately, that bidding cycle with the NCA, and you have to know what the NCA bidding cycle is and what that looks like. That bidding cycle with the NCA was for 2020, 2021, 2022. Well, the NCA as a whole is never going to give you that those dates in 2020, the year you open, just in case construction's not there, blah, yeah. blah, blah. They don't yeah. want to do that. And thankfully, they didn't give it to us in 21 or else we would have missed out on that because of COVID. Yeah. So we were fortunate that we right. got it in 22. Yeah. So that was something that sure. was that kind of we got lucky with. But no, I'm in charge of those. You know, I went after those, the American Athletic Conference men's basketball tournament. We brought that in. Um, you know, I and then now we work with uh, Visit Fort Worth and the Fort Worth Sports Commission, Jason Sands, about bringing in lots of different events. You know, credit to them. They brought in USA Wrestling during COVID when USA Wrestling was supposed to be at uh, Penn State um, to host the, the their championship and they couldn't do it, which was their Olympic trials because of COVID, mm -hmm. because of Pennsylvania laws. Um, at the time, you know, they brought it to us and, you know, kudos to them for bringing those out there to, to us. There's this other thing in Texas called the event trust fund, which I don't know if you're aware of or not, but it's these incentive dollars that the state gives you basically on the sales tax, you know, back to the event holder or the host that help you, that help entice them to bring events to Texas. Right. It's great for the state of Texas. It's great for venues to go after these things right. and it helps, it helps it secure some of them as well. So you're talking about even though that's a like a real strike force capacity, there is some red tape associated with some of that. I got to think that you're negotiating this stuff with these promotions guys who are the slickest guys around and are the best negotiators ever. How I mean, is that a stressful time because they're bringing something to you or you're wanting to get something? Then the negotiations begin. Then you're like, can I fit it? And then can I make it? You know, can I can I make these numbers? Like that's got to be like. A shot clock going. Can I make it work in this time frame? Yeah, there's a lot of quick decisions that you have to make throughout that, you know. Mm -hmm. But, but it's education and it's volume, really, more than anything yeah. else. It's you know, you're not sitting there saying, "Well, I don't know if I want to do," you know, "I don't know if I want to do James Taylor because maybe Justin Bieber's going out on tour." Uh, you know, I know you're a Justin Bieber. Yes, fan, but <laughs> you don't sit there and make those questions. You know, it's more about the volume of events and concerts. Once they start learning that that's the market they want to play. There's a little wiggle room that they'll find. And if you don't yeah. have Friday available, maybe they'll say, okay, Thursday or Saturday. Yeah. Then, you know, yeah. even though they were routed with you, maybe they'll change it a little bit. Yeah. So you have to work that process as well, which is a process to work. Mm -hmm. But it's about being flexible. It's about, you know, it's about not being greedy towards events and making sure that everyone can make money and, and move on down the road. Is there like a promotion, like a like concerts news magazine, like an industry mag where you can get some of the like kind of the feel yeah. of what's going on. Polestar is a great resource that I use a lot. Mm -hmm. That'll give you touring um, history. Um, you know, it's weird right now in the touring models because everything's selling different than it was pre-COVID. Yeah. You know, like we're extremely hot market right now. Pre-COVID, you know, the Northwest was pretty hot and it's kind of, you know, you know skimmed down a little bit yeah. right now, which is... Do the artists like here because of why everybody else does? Central country huge airport easy to get in and out of sans weather not not really you know they're looking at more you know where can they make the most money you know that's important to the artist or, or to the you know to also the promoter yeah you know where are they going to sell the most tickets mm -hmm. uh but they also want the great experience and the great fan experience too yeah. and i think our fan experience we offer is, is is second to none yeah and 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 so that's something they look to you know, it's been reported that George, you know, George Strait obviously is coming back. Um, it's been reported to us that that he really likes our venue. 
And, um, you know, he, he really loved it and fell in love with our venue. And, you know, I think that's one of the reasons it is bringing him back. Yeah. 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 Let's talk about that, for instance. Uh, so he, this is his second trip to Dickey's. Um, a guy like George Strait, you're reaching out to his agent, I believe. How does that go? Like, hey, I'm Matt. Obviously, you have a connection. I'm looking to book George. Is, is, it, is it that simple? And they say, these are the dates we can, we can give you. And then you negotiate the price and it's done. Well, that one was unique. You know, our first time that we did it, you know, it was more like that. And I was friends with his manager and agent and uh, talked to him about it. I've known him a long time, a good friend of mine, not George, but his manager and Who, agent. Who's his agent? Uh, well, his, his, the, the gentleman we deal with is Louis Messina out of out of Austin. And uh, Louis has been in the industry for a long time. And I call him a dear friend. And he is, a you know, it, he's one of the guys I come hang out. I go sit on his bus with him for a little bit and, you know, chat. And, you know, and it, it's a great experience. But, um you know, George was one of those people that, yeah, we, when we opened, I called Louie and I said, Louie, it makes sense. I need George to be, you know, one of the first shows. Yeah. And at the time he had a Vegas residency and Vegas wasn't sure if they were going to let him do it, but Louie agreed and, you know, was really excited about it. And George had a great show and, mm -hmm. you know, and did great numbers. The fans loved it, you know, and even George on stage said, I'll be back. Yeah. And, and uh, here we go. Yeah. You know, you know, post COVID, he's coming back, and hopefully, this isn't his last time. Great job, by the way. I was lucky enough. I think it was eight years ago in San Antonio to be at George Strait's uh, last concert ever. Obviously, that's not the case, but we it was it was sad. Everybody's crying. Cowboy rides away. My kids were asleep in my lap. They couldn't make it, but of course, obviously, he wasn't done at the time. He's still going strong. This is kind of amazing, and it's even more amazing that he loves Dickies. I love that he says that to you, and it's it's really encouraging. Luckily, I'm going to be at the concert, and I can't freaking wait. But last touring yes. show was in San Antonio. That was his last touring okay, concert. So that's the, the that's the difference there. Right. When he just opened the Austin, the Moody Center in Austin, just okay. this past uh, this past weekend, I think. What too. do you think it is about our fan experience? Like, I mean, obviously, people here are very nice and stuff. We don't want to repeat the cup incident at Starplex when Guns N' Roses played. Uh, in our defense, Axel did not come out for a significant amount of time. But what is what is it about like this in Fort Worth? Well, I think it's about, you know, the intimacy you have with that facility. You know, it's 13,000 seats for George Strait. You know, it's intimate. It's tight. It sounds good. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to remember, he's using our house sound system. He's not bringing in any, you know, supplemental sound for the arena. He brings in some supplemental sound for the floor, and that's about it. Mm -hmm. So that's our house. significant cost for him. Well, right? yeah, but he's not worried about that, I don't yeah. think, as much. It's just more about, like, it's first class. That's the way that it should be. And, yeah. and again... It's more of a partnership with with them to bring the, those shows in here. You know, it's something that we look forward to and, and that we're excited about. Does he have a guarantee, Matt? You can tell us. He does have a guarantee. Okay, good. All right, good. <laughs> he gets it all. <laughs> I guarantee that's right. And and you know and but you know and you hear you do hear some grumblings right now about ticket prices, but. Mm -hmm. You know, you look at George Strait and in a thirteen thousand seat venue, and you know, in Fort Worth, Texas, Fort Worth, like Texas. what you would presume would be the guy's home, practically. Yeah, you know, it's it. So it makes sense, you know, and and there, yes, it doesn't appeal to everyone, but it does appeal to a market that is still paying for those tickets. Worst negotiation of an artist you ever had. Oof, worst negotiation. Like where you took it, where you were like, "I need you bad," and I just can't believe I'm giving you all this for this. Well, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know that it's worse, but Paul McCartney is probably, you know, this Paul McCartney show is probably a break-even show for us. He is Bec a billionaire well, for a reason. Well, not just for that though, because you know, my deal with PBR is I'm paying for all the changeover costs to get out of PBR and then bring PBR back in. So what do you so cover gonna, the dirt on the floor? No, with? no, no. We're gonna take all the dirt out. We're gonna take all the dirt out, 
you know, I'm going to clean the building, get it ready. So, I mean, so for deals, it's prob that's probably my worst deal, you know, um, but we're doing Paul McCartney in Fort Worth. You got to do what you got to do. And you know what? It's good for it's good for our suite holders. It's good for our club seat holders. It's good for our sponsors. You know, it shows that you know Fort Worth is the market to play and it's committed good. clearly, right? Yeah. And, and, and like I gotta I gotta imagine that in the industry, it's like, you know what? Those guys will work with you. They moved all this dirt out of an arena and then back in the next day. Where does right. that dirt go, by the way, for the small period of time? So we're in gonna, your bed. <laughs> we got a route my, that my we're going to. My son's bed. We got some parking lots, uh, you know, around the south of the garage that we're going to, you know, just export it out there and then bring it back in. So we we'll get Ted short, Carter coming to do a little short, BMX uh, yeah, yeah. expo over right, there. Right. You yeah. know, <laughs> you know, just to give you an idea about Fort Worth, the market, you know, and you know, it's sad that I bring this up, but I will, you know. We went on sale with the Judds, and how devastating to hear about yeah. the loss of her. But, but we went on sale with the Judds the same week that Garth Brooks went on sale and sold out AT and T Stadium, and we sold out the Judds and on the sell, on the opening day. Oh wow! Think about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the hot, the probably the biggest country music mm -hmm. artist, and you know, next to George Strait, of yeah. course, Louie, in case you listened to this, yeah. um, <laughs> in the world, you know, goes on sale, and we sell out the Judds that same week. Yeah, wow. that's pretty amazing and telling mm -hmm. of how much fort worth is supporting this facility in my mind it's incredible yeah. hardest artist to deal with from a personality standpoint i guess you wouldn't want to say that because you then kanye seriously seriously that's the not, demands that's not surprising but yeah he does bring a, a tremendous crowd kanye we were in a room like this and kanye brought in a lattice roof over top of him in a locker room so he could feel like he was at home <laughs> are you kidding that me? sounds like you no, brenton a little no. bit no. Reminds me of your, your setup. This is my accoutrement. That, yes. that is, that, yeah. All right, that let's switch gears for a second. <laughs> Panther City uh, Lacrosse. We are huge fans. We've been to many, many uh, events of their, or many of their games. That Speaking of moving dirt, putting that situation together sounds like a nightmare, but you guys have made it work. How is Panther City doing in your in your eyes? You know, I think they're doing well. I think they had a good start for the first season. I think, you know, Greg Bibb, who, uh, who I have a lot of respect for, for bringing this in and putting it all together understands that this is a build you know obviously you know lacrosse is not the founding sport of texas but it's growing right and yeah. i think i think if panther city i think it's going to take two or three years but i i think they're going to grow and i think they're going to do better next year and i think they'll do better the year after that i think the youth lacrosse market is really hot in, in texas and it's getting hotter and i think panther city in my opinion needs to yeah it has to focus on that as mm -hmm. as to build to build their franchise but is it hard, it's a great sport right, right is it hard to do with the rodeo because of like the scheduling like cuz it kind of overlaps that so thing. as we started talking about this you know years ago i said look here's the blackout periods and i talked to the league and i know the commissioner of the league very well i said here's going to be the blackout dates to do the rodeo and it's going to be basically you know christmas till the first or second week in february yeah. it just depends on the year he said, I think we can still make that work. And I said, look, if we can make that work, then I want to keep moving forward. You know, it, I would almost argue that it was nice to come back to, you know, like you start in Christmas and you're kind of ramped up and, the, and then they go play the away games or whatnot. And then you're like, oh, it's coming back. We got another game because I do think you get we had season tickets and you get not burned out. But, you, you know, that's a lot to ask going to every single game kind of thing. So, yeah, it, but but it it's. It's right the right amount of games too, right? I mean, yes. it's you know nine home games. It's not it's not forty right. games, right? right? You're not feeling overcommitted, and mm. so you can spread it out. You're not doing you know in the minor league hockey model, it just doesn't work when there's that Friday, Saturday, Sunday you know home series. Yeah. It's like come on, that that's a lot. Who's going to dedicate their whole weekend to go yeah. into that? You can't, you know. So 
So I really, Greg and I talked and we really thought this lacrosse was the right fit for the right amount of, you know, events and games at the facility. Yeah. Any future sports coming that we don't already have? Uh, you know, I think we got some, not that we don't already have, well, I take that back. We're going to, we've announced that this August, we're going to have an esports event here, okay. uh, the Rocket League World Championships, nice. which your kids probably know what that is. Oh, yeah. Uh, so Rocket League will be here for their World Championships in August. I think that's pretty cool. And then we're going to continue doing college basketball games. I think we got some really good games on tap that I can't announce, but I'm sure you two would be at one of them, So, um, which will be a great game. Uh, first, what we think is, you know, obviously TCU will be a part of that, and TCU, you know, should be a top twenty team next year. Well, it was just I went, I was lucky enough to get asked and, and go um, to one of those basketball games, the NCAA. You're like on a Wednesday or Thursday afternoon, the place is packed, and I think about like this wouldn't have happened without this. Like no. you think about how many mm-hmm. fans came from North Carolina, like all these other places filled up our hotel rooms are out eating in our restaurants like there's cities that haven't even woken up yet you know from all of this stuff and here we have the benefit of something like this on the middle of a weekday you know i mean it's just a this is a cool thing yeah it was amazing and i mean look at the, we we're so great at the draw that we had with the number mm-hmm. one seeds here and just the games that we had were incredible i mean and just you saw the fans love it there they were there all day you know yeah. for both sessions on on the thursday um, it was just, it was incredible to be, we almost did, we did a hair under a million dollars in food and beverage for that weekend for Man. that Thursday and wow. Saturday. So, I mean, well it was great. I, I mean, would like to, to see globe trotters if I could put in you that should. request. You should, you uh, should. I, I don't like going over to Dallas for it. I like. We have the, the globe trotters at Dickey's arena. Yeah. Yeah. We I, have them there. Oh, good, they, good, good. They're there every year, usually in March Perfect. or April timeframe. Uh, okay. We'll get you down there. Yeah. yeah. Matt, what's a typical day in your life look like? Every day is different. That's that's the thing that I fell in love with this industry is because it's never the same thing twice. You know, I'll be working with our food and beverage team, our marketing team, booking the building, finance, operations, parking. You know, it's always talking about you know our upcoming events, making sure we're planned, making sure we're ready, and and booking the building. So I'm trying to call agents and talk to agents and promoters about what we're doing, how things are selling. You know, we sold out recently. You know, one of the, another great win for us recently was the New Edition concert. It was our first R&B concert that we did in the building. It sold out, grossed <laughs> over a million dollars. So immediately, as soon as that's over, I get on the phone with every other, you know, uh, every other promoter saying, hey, did you see our first R&B show? We did a million bucks for New Edition, sold out every ticket, blah, blah, blah. You know, we announced and we'll be announcing uh, another R&B show here coming up real soon. Um, you know, and then, so it builds off that, you know, the one thing we haven't done yet that I'm still, that I'm working on very hard is, you know, to get a good Latin show. I really want a good Latin show. I think it's going to happen. It's going to happen soon. Uh, we had a, you know, a, a boxing event, which you know brought a lot of the Latin community, but I want a Latin concert. And, uh, I think we'll get one here in the next couple months, to be honest with Who, you. Who's somebody in that regard that you'd be looking at to do? Well, I mean, there's, you know, there's great ones out there, you know, there's, whether it be a Banda MS or something like that, but you know someone that really—that's the, goes, the the takes them or speedways doing a deal with them for the uh, their big yeah race card yeah race card, race and race Christian Nodal you know uh, there's there's a lot of right. them like that that can sell lots of tickets yep. right there so it's something that I'm actively talking to I'm talking to the um, Latin promoters I just had a great conversation with them the other day last week actually and now you know they're looking and you know asking me for availability and starting to work out a deal nice. basically. Nice. Uh, don't look at your phone now, but how many friends hit you up for tickets for events you put on? 
uh, you know, a good amount. You might probably make more. friends fast in a town. Yeah, yeah, a good amount. A good amount. Uh, yeah, yeah, I get a lot of requests. Um, but you know, that's it's also part of the business of what I do. You know, very fortunate that a lot of my friends actually support the facility and buy club seats for you know right. for our, which really supports the facility and then gives them that first right of refusal when concerts come. So I, I have a lot of I'm very fortunate to be here. Very fortunate to be a part of this and to grow it to where it is. That's the best day at the uh, best concert at the um, at Dickies for you personally favorite new edition man they play candy girl i mean straight was great you know the opening concert we did was was awesome with jason isabel there and steve miller band you know Mm -hmm. that was fun just because we finally you Mm -hmm. know got to kick the tires uh straight was great eric clapton was great um Oh. Yeah, I see. I can see where it gets difficult for yeah, sure. Yeah, it does. It's it's it gets tough. To, it's like picking your favorite kid. You can't right. do it, right? Yeah. I mean, but yeah, yeah. but you certainly have the ones that you look forward to and you get excited mm-hmm. for. Church was a great show. Right. I'm not a huge Eric Church fan, but I mean, the guy can entertain and he put on a show. Yes, it was funny. They were telling us the story afterwards that. As he's driving to the arena, he's, he and his wife were writing the set list and wanted to put the tribute to those Texas artists and pay, played the Pat Green song and a couple yeah. of those other songs. And uh, he just came up with it right there. And he's like, I'm trying to learn the lyrics as he's going along doing it, yeah. know, reminding himself how to play it. And so. he was able to do it and pull it off? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Now, you, and he played for like three hours. You go as deep as looking like setlist.fm like to see what these guys are doing or no? You, you, I do, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, but I'm- Because you know, you're a fan too, right? Yeah, well, also, yeah, I'm a fan, you know, and- but you got to have some pride in like what they did at your arena. Yeah. Right? You yeah. Know? You know, and you want to see if it's the same set list, if it's going to change, do they mix it up? You know, there's some artists that'll, they'll go tour to tour and just play the same exact set list over and yeah. over again. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's reasons for that, why the artists do that. But, yep. um, but then there's also ones that just mix it up and change it all and throw yeah. it all out and say, Hey, let's write out the set list and go. Okay. Nightmare scenario, like worst day on the job, like, like, uh, hot dog water doesn't get changed or I, I don't know what you you know the example is I think it's you worse know. than that yeah i mean traffic flow is probably for me mm-hmm. like when traffic because no one gets more mad except for when they have traffic problems yeah. so traffic flow is probably one of my biggest nightmares and pet peeves mm-hmm. traffic flow and cleanliness of the facility but cleanliness we can control right like we can go in before door say hey it's not clean enough we need to clean it again and keep yeah. going traffic flow you're on the mercy of a lot of the police officers and mm-hmm. we have to hire all those police officers for on the average event we probably spend over you know probably close to 12 to 15 grand on police officers for traffic flow yeah. for a full house concert. Yeah. I mean that's a lot of money for traffic flow but again you have bad traffic experiences no one will want to come back. Like when you go to the Cotton Bowl you don't want to go back, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. But you know so you want to make sure that it's good. So we're changing. We've changed our traffic patterns. We've got better with it. We think we have good systems in it. Not everyone's always happy. Our goal is to try to clear those lots on a full full concert at between 30 to 40 minutes. So are we good with places to stay around there and stuff? I don't even know what the time frame between victory or like after American went in victory park. Are we on path for that or, or what's your thoughts there i think we're getting closer okay. uh, you know i think i think with the new crescent that's going to open up down there on west 7th that's going to be wonderful i'm really excited for that project you know um jonathan morris did a great with his little hotel, hotel Trice, Trice, yeah. which is great you know it's very unique it's very mm-hmm. boutique-y it, but it's a great facility to have you know there's rumors of marriott looking at another facility around our, our neighborhood as well yeah. But I think with the Crescent and the Marriott, you know, I think that's going to help really improve those destinations. And hopefully turn out on a lot of this stuff. I mean, if you can walk 
to a venue or yeah. you can get quick Uber. It's just like it's so much nicer. Even right? though here it's really, I mean, it's nice. Well, heck, like you we can see New Edition or George Strait in your home in twelve minutes. That's that in itself is is magical for so, sure. Yeah, I'm I mean, at home and you've done an amazing job. Kudos to you. Keep it up. We're very happy to call you a friend. We love what you do for a living. Uh, before we go, we always ask our guests this, this, this significant question: Family aside, no wedding, no kids. What's the best day of your whole life? I, I think easily said right now is the day I took the job here to come to Dickie's Arena. I think yeah, now yeah, they don't even I, listen. Mister Pass I, no, doesn't no, listen. Think, you don't I have think to it, say I that. I think it was. I, you know, it's just it's the perfect setup in the perfect scenario in the perfect town, and the opportunity was there. And um, you know, I yeah. saw it. Mr. Bass did see it, and I was excited about it. You, you seem like you get really Springsteen here, yes. so you can answer yes. next time. Yes. You seem so like next you really time love you can answer you that. No, yes, he's coming. He'll come. You seem like you really love what you do. So that's that in itself is, Matt, is awesome. Great job, Matt. Thank yeah, you, Matt thank Holman. you, Matt. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Great job.